Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Michael Cruz Balan of Daudandre, and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Fijians podcast, where the Everyday Fijians shares their everyday story in the everyday world. Well, greetings to all our listeners, whether they be here in Sydney, Australia, or in other parts of the world. I do hope that you had a wonderful Christmas. You are preparing for your New Year's, wherever you may be. But also on top of that, I do hope that 2022 was a year that went well for you. But in saying that as well, in regards to this week's podcast, I know the last episode was just, I posted last the last episode just a couple of days ago. But for today, since it's the end of 2022, the last day of 2022, we were literally less than, from, from my time zone, less than nine hours to go. Uh, until we reach 2023 i just thought i'll post a bonus bonus episode so basically this is just another it was like a talanor session with ryan mara once again but we just talked and when i mean talked we just talked in regards to certain things certain topics um you know just certain elements of you know the everyday life so i do hope in some way in some way you take something out of it or you or you learn from what i have to say uh, you may not agree on some things or some of the things that i've said but just with every podcast it's out there it's out there for people to hear and people to have their thoughts and views on it also on top of that as well i just want to say big just at the end of this week or during this week the fiji history page on instagram has reached over eighty thousand followers 80,000 followers in basically around the world. So once again, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for following the page. Um, but bear in mind as well, when it comes to the page, one thing I've noticed and I do not, and please no offense to anyone that may hear this, is that the more the followers, I believe the more the critics but even though there may be more critics, it's in a way for me to sharpen my skills and to sharpen how I post things on, whether it be on Instagram or whether it be on Facebook or whether it be on Twitter. So um, it's in a way to sort of help me out or help me to be a better, uh, a better administrator when it comes to posting things on the Fiji history page. But in saying that as well, I back to what i said earlier before i hope 2022 went well for you if it didn't then i wish you all the best of 2023 so 10 young fijians there you may be preparing for you know trying to get in a rep team or trying out for the national team or trying out for states or regionals or you're trying to do better in your academic work or you're doing fitness tests to get into say the army or the navy or to any other defense academy around the world or to mothers that are expecting to be a first-time mother or your second time third time or to fathers as well to anyone that is listening i do hope that what you didn't achieve in 2022 may be achieved in 2023 and i do hope that you do you know you do well you succeed and just as the many guests that appear on this year's seasons uh seasons um you know everyday fijians podcast you know they've shared their story and how they've succeeded or what they've done to become the person they have become 
awesome top of that as well but i just want to say a big thank you as well big naka because next year it will be a special year for 2023 it will be the 10 year anniversary of the establishment of the fiji history page so if everything goes according to plan we'll see how things go um in regards to this podcast because the way it is going we're just around less than 1200 downloads from reaching 10,000. 10,000 downloads yes you may believe it or not, but to near 10,000 downloads. And it's amazing because this podcast just started in 2020. So two years ago, and to see that reaching you know, those figures, um, I'm thankful. I'm I'm blessed. I'm honored. But also on top of that just shows that, look, I'm, I'm not a tech savvy dude. Um, I'm not Steve Jobs. I'm not uh, I'm Elon Musk. I don't have that seven-figure income. Or I don't have that certain brand such as iPhone or, or you know, Apple or anything like that. But I'm just a person, just a Fijian. They just try my best to lay down a platform for Fijians to share their story. So to all guests that have appeared on this year, thank you so much. Thank you for availing yourself and thank you for sharing your story. I do hope in for next year we we'll get more guests overseas. Um, not in top of that, hopefully to talk about more topics as well. And to anyone that's listening, anyone that's interested, and I mean interested in the sharing your story in the everyday fijians podcast just message on the fiji history page or message on my own personal page which is um, mc cordray or mc Thunder on the instagram page or on my facebook page and i'll be more than welcome i'll be more than honored to um let you share your story um as an everyday fijian because i believe that you know, we may not be superstar sporting stars on the rugby field or sergeants or corporals in, you know, the you know, defense field, or we may not be doctors or pediatricians in the medical field, but we all have a part to play as a Fijian in our particular field of expertise. So if you want to share your story, go ahead. Hey, even if you're a factory worker, you work in a meat factory, you work in a, you know, a warehouse factory, or you're in a, or you're in a business, then yeah come on come on board so once again thank you so much and i look forward to bringing more podcasts for the everyday fijians podcast where the everyday fijian shares the everyday story in the everyday world Minaga, take care happy new year for 2023 see you then okay ladies and gentlemen uh, welcome to a bonus content yes i just said that bonus content of bonus content Yep, this week, uh, this week's uh, episode of Everyday Fijians. Um, I'm gonna post this. I probably when I'm um, during the time of recording, I post this probably on the 31st of December. But we'll see how we go in regards to the date if I mixed up. So look, I'm back with uh, Ryan Mara, but you may be thinking, what sort of episode is this? So look, this is just a, a free session, a free Talonor uh, session. Yeah, so yeah. Ryan, Ryan may be asking me some questions, or I may be asking him back. So it's going to be a bit of a yarn. So I do hope that you stay for the duration of this podcast, or you take something of what I've said, or what Ryan has said, or or anything that we missed out in our previous uh, previous podcast episodes. But uh, um, he's insisted, so I'm thank, uh, thankful that he's insisted to uh, do this. And I thought, you know, I might as well tag along as well. So. This will be most likely posted at the end of the year as a way to cap off 2022 and into 2023. So, Ryan, welcome once again to the podcast. Thank you, Kaz. Thanks for uh, thanks again for the invite. Uh, I appreciate it. You know, it's I don't take this lightly. It is a, it is a, a blessing in disguise. Uh, uh, you know, I'd I'd love to come on, the, on onto your podcast and just like you know 
talk to your audience. It's it's always good. It's it's very uh, therapeutic for me, um, and I always appreciate it. Thank you. Wow, therapeutic, man! I feel <laughs> like I'm in a in a health spa now. The way you mentioned that word, but... exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so to those that listen, look, um, you probably listened in the previous podcast uh, episode. We've um in two part of Ryan sharing his story, his journey for how far he's come. So. Um, Ryan, I give it away to you. So let's just talk. Let's just yarn. So, what what is there on your mind in regards to asking me a question or so? Because look, I know you mentioned about how, like, in my episodes where you asked about what what makes Fiji, like what you know, like what you miss about Fiji. What I wanted to ask you: what makes Fiji? familiar to you what makes it home to you you know what, what what makes it feel good family it comes down to family yeah um you know what passes Fijians you know it may be a small you know making the largest waves globally and yeah of course when it comes to family like all Fijians you know we come from different parts you know whether it be from Kumbuna Borobasanga Tovata, those three confederacies, or whether it be in the provinces, say in Lao, Ra, Ba, Lautoka, Tailevu, Naitaisiri, Mbua, Madawata, Vakondrovi, you name it. You know, those provinces, or even, you know, acknowledging Rutume as well. Yes. So, you know, we, I always think of that as family because, you know, family is sort of like the backbone for us in a way to keep us going, to keep us motivated, to keep on achieving, to keep on succeeding whether it be on the rugby field or whether it be in the field of medicine, whether it be in the field of, um, you know, defense, yep. uh, you know, army, Navy, air force, you name it, you know, from a global perspective. So family plays a part in it because, you know, they, you know, for those who may have been raised by, you know, a mother or father or a grandfather or a grandmother or an auntie or uncle, you know, they always give you, you know, they always lay forth the, the morals or the values Yep. or what they stand on, so they pass it on to you. And by passing that on to you, it makes you it makes you realize as you get older that those values or those morals will help you develop come. Yep. So by saying that, that's that's what I think about, you know, when it comes to you know in your question, Brian, in regards to Fijians or so how fam- you know how familiar it can be, uh, family plays a big, big part in it. And you always hear in speeches, you know, when a when a Fijian you know graduates or when the Fijian succeeds, you know, of course they thank the Lord, you know, from a you know from a religious perspective. Yeah. But from a you know from a um, something that involves community or something that involves somebody love, they say, oh, I, I thank you know my mom and dad, or my grandmother, and my grandmother, or my auntie, my uncle, or my cousins. Or you know, it, it can be anyone when it comes to family. So yeah. Yeah. No, uh, it seems family is the foundation of every um, Pacific Islander person here you know it's without family um life is meaningless it's it's without purpose so it's good that you mentioned how family is your support network and how you know you you can't move forward without family no that's good look family then and uh, it just shows as well you know as the saying goes of course there's that saying you know it takes a community individual yeah. the same as the family as well. It takes a family to raise an individual because, yeah. you know, everything starts from home. And, of course, you know, not all families, not all individuals may have that family. Not all individuals may have that sort of household. It feels like family. 
but in some way or some manner, hopefully down the line, you'll be in a setting where it does feel feel like a family setting. For example, in a can be your church, the church mm. place, or the art, yep. you know, or place of work, or place where you know you have people that are more than just maybe workmates or teammates, but you know the family. You know they're like your brother, or your sister, yep. or the coach that you have. You know maybe like a more of a coach or more like a mentor or guardian or fatherly figure or motherly figure that helps you in a way to succeed and you becoming a better person, a better individual. And, you know, to those that are doing that, having that sort of role as a mentor, as a father or mother, or any title that regards to, in regard to training someone up, I I know I acknowledge you. And to those that may be listening, I acknowledge you for what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve, especially in the Fijian household. Yeah. To teach them, not only just, of course, when it comes to, you know, the Western side of things, when I mean Westernized, you know, like English or, you know, you know English or you know the basics here, like here in Australia, but also the Fijian way. Yeah. And when it comes to this family, of course, the Fijian way, of course, you know manners, the customs, you know how you show respect. Um, you know when it comes to the traditions or so, when it comes to those certain elements of Fijian culture or the Fijian way of life, it makes you become a better individual. Or in my view, I hope it does, better individual and a better person of trying to show respect. And they're trying to show that way of, you know, that love, that you know, that loloma to people in a way. Because why everything started from home and started from the mentor. So that's another way I can hopefully define or explain from my view um, in regards to family. So hope that answers your question, Ryan. Definitely does, cuz. Definitely does. Very, very good answer. I appreciate it. Um, you know, like, as you said, it's... Um, you know, family is the backbone. Uh, you can't live without them. Um, I wanted to ask you. I wanted to move on and, and and ask you about what 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 sort of famous person? It could be in Fijian history, or, or it could be any like any per any famous person. Really, what what famous person would you want? Would you? of want to meet and to, to, to ask them questions and to pick their brain. Um, did you have a famous person in mind that, that you'd want to, uh, you know, uh, pick their brain? Well, in regard to that, I think there'll be two individuals. Yeah. Uh, one would be Joe Levula and the other okay. one would be Philippe Lambalamba, Fijian Rambo. Uh, the reason being for those two individuals, because they made a mark in, you know, in Fijian history or where, you know, they sort of, set that you know set that sort of view or set that sort of standard that platform of you know being successful um of course with joe levula the why the reason why i say joe levula is because jesse owens wanted to meet joe levula and yeah and for those of you that know jesse owens jesse owens was the one that won gold medal at the berlin olympics and adolf hitler did not want to shake his hand because adolf hitler adolf hitler said that the German, you know, the Rian race or the Germans will win, you know, they're the most probably paraphrase and the most powerful, you know, they're strong, they're fast, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're a unique specimen or unique breed. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, is how, you know, Hitler saw the Iranian race. I'm just laying it out as it is. But here comes Jesse Owens, you know, an African American, and he beats them, and Adolf Hitler refuses to shake his hand. Why? Because, of course, yeah. he's black. Yeah. And also, you know, it proved um, Hitler's theory wrong. Yeah. And Jesse Owens wanted to meet Joe Levula. I still remember 
upgrading this because Joel Waller he ran, he ran once again 100 yards. He wasn't 100 meters, 100 yards under from 10 seconds. And that's pretty quick. And of course, with Joel Waller, he had long strides, especially through you know that famous photo with him with that long stride, yeah. playing for the Flying Fijians, yeah. playing, yeah. playing rugby league for the Rochdale, uh, Rochdale Hornets um, up in the UK. And that's one person I would really love to meet. And on top of that, Philippe Lumbalumba. I think yep. it's fair. Yeah. Or Lumbalumba, Fijian Rambo. What he did in 1972, I think, in the it was Murbat or somewhere around in the Middle East where, you know, he was fatally wounded. He was wounded. He was heavily wounded. But still, in order to save his men, he sacrificed his life by gun, by tying himself, I believe, to a machine gun. And then just going ballistic, full ballistic on just shooting anyone that was in front of him. And it did cost him his life. But for his actions, there's, of course, a statue of him at Nandi Airport, which was unveiled by Prince Harry. Yep. Well, back then, Prince Harry, when it was under the royal family. Yep. Yes. Prince Harry and uh, Meghan Markle, which was unveiled. And I hope, and unfortunately, can't get the Victorian Cross because I think the mission that he was involved was top secret. Top so it wasn't secret. acknowledged. So weren't meant to that, be there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's two people. The reason why, because I just want to hear their story, like you know, to especially during that time, you know, being raised in the community of you know, being like, of course, um, when Lumba Lumba died in 1972, Fiji was only two years old, two years old after this, um, after Prince Charles gave the certificate. Oh, sorry, now King, King Charles gave the birth certificate. Of, you know, Fiji to the late Harutu Sakamisa Samara. Yeah. But on top of the Zoa to Joe Levula because during that time, Fiji was still a colony. That's right. Yeah. So you've got two Pretty different cool. stories, two two different stories from two different generations. And you hear and you hear how far they've come. And you hear far, you know, they, they you know, I just want to hear, you know, what motivated them to do so well, you know, especially coming from Fiji, from the islands. Yeah. And what motivated him to do, you know, succeed or to become a better person or so. And unfortunately, both have passed on. Both have passed on. And um, yeah, it's it's some it's those two people choose. So yeah. Very good. Very, uh, very good selection there. Like uh, definitely two very inspirational individuals. Um, you know, one who experienced uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think he experienced racism, but he experienced how things were in Nazi Germany. How everything was about, um, you know, race standards. How the Aryan race in Germany. This is Jesse Owens, yeah. Sorry, Jesse Owens. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And how, uh, you know, the the other individual you mentioned, um, the the Fijian Rambo. He was so dedicated to the mission. He was able to, um, you know, tie himself to a machine gun position and to eliminate all the enemy threats in the area to the point where, you know, it cost him his life. That's how dedicated he was to the mission. Um, very inspirational individuals. Um, yeah, so Jesse Owens, so the one with the Olympia, Jesse Owens was at the Olympics, but yeah. Joel, so Joel Lebola wasn't. So yeah. Joel Lebola was, was, he was back in Malaya. So that's where this is. Like many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was many years after the Berlin Olympics. Yeah. Where, of course, Jesse Owens was, of course, with that age where he first retired. I don't yeah. know if he was still running, but he wanted to meet Joe Lavula. That's the thing that just, that just, for me, that always 
that always amazes me that Jesse Owens, he wanted to meet Joe Liverpool. Yeah, this dude like, this like, man. How, like how was it performing in the Olympics in a country that was so run by, you know, the, the Nazi political power, you know? <laughs> insane it's so crazy how it is and then just on top of that talking about the nazis just recently i saw in the news today um a 97 year old woman got charged uh she was uh charged for i think because she was a secretary back then i think during nazi germany during the holocaust i saw yeah i saw this you know been taken i think she was in charge of writing down something like around ten thousand names yes yeah i I saw that article today and like like it's hard to believe that there are still nazi criminals who are still alive to this day still being being held liable for prosecution for nazi war crimes to this day it's it's incredible and it's on top of that as well talking about nazi you know nazi german criminals 100%, 100%, most of them, look, most of them escaped to South America. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, look, which, which isn't a common conspiracy theory, because there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there, ACAS, that say, hey, look, most of the Nazis, including Adolf Hitler himself, escaped to Argentina or parts of South America. But, like, there, there are parts where, apparently, there's a community in, in Argentina where, there are white, six-foot, blonde-haired, brown, uh, blue eyes, like South Americans, and they were like, "Hey, where did you come from? From German, mate, you know?" <laughs> yeah, and look, it's, um, and it's yeah, it is sad that you know, um, it is that most of them ran away; they didn't face their crimes. But um, I remember watching on Netflix; um, they made a movie out of it. Um, one of them, I think he was third. He was the one who made the, I think the the, he made those uh, crematoriums or the burn chambers out of Eichmann. Yeah, really. Yeah, they caught him. And look, for those of that listening, the Mossad, bro, I've read some of their, I've read some of their texts, yeah. and it's yeah. yeah, it's your classic eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Yeah, when they come for you, bro, they come for you, man. You like the Mossad will go through extreme lengths. If you are a Nazi war criminal, they will find you. They will bring you to justice. These guys are crazy. Like Masai, yeah, it's um, best of the best. They are the best of the best, but they do it in a way which is pretty gory. <laughs> so there, I remember there was one, there was one individual. <laughs> exactly. There was one individual. I think it was in, he was living in Brazil or so. So the Mossad came. They disguise themselves and they learn the technique. I forgot it's a, it's an erased, it's an Israeli um, fighting technique that they use. So anyway, this individual he didn't hide himself. He publicly revealed himself in his full name. So yeah. that's how silly he was, thinking he'll not uh, get caught. But uh, they eventually he was in Brazil, I think, and then they lured him to Uruguay because Brazil they made this law to protect these Nazi criminals in a way. I th- in a way, I so I remember hearing this on a podcast. And yeah. here we're talking about it on this podcast. So they brought, they lured him to Uruguay and they eventually got him. But how they, but bro, how they finish it off, it's, 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 um, man, this is like, this is unimaginable. So they got him, they killed him, they shot him or so, or they like put multiple bullet wounds in him, put him in a box, nailed the coffin. And they walked out of the house. So the house was basically empty. It was supposed to be a rental inspection. 
yeah. Bowers, the disguise is a trap for this individual. Shot him, they killed him, left the box with him inside. I think it was like two months or three months or weeks later. One of them, um, one of the Mossad agents sent a letter to, I think, one of them. I may be breaking, making the story wrong or exaggerating. And then um, <laughs> one of them went to the house where it was empty. It was this huge box. They opened it and it was, it was decomposed. Really? Yeah. It was decomposed. And it's like, bro, you know, this is what you do. This is what you get for hurting my people. And they're like, man, you don't want to mess with my side. Classic another example is 1972 after the Munich Olympics where Mossad, you know, um, of course, with that movie, Varric Banner, trying to get, um, you know, trying to infiltrate those which, um, were held, you know, those that held accountable for killing the Israeli athletes in in Berlin. And yes. of, of all places, Berlin, uh, Munich, sorry, yes. Munich, uh, of all places in Germany, again, you know, and it's, it must have been hard for the Israeli people to go through that. But that's just something else in regards to, of course, this is, gone way beyond from that Jesse Owens question or so with um, Adolf Hitler to now, and especially those escaping to South America. Not in South America, I remember watching a documentary even some escaped to Ireland. Really? Yes, I remember seeing that in the History Channel. I didn't watch it, but I just saw the highlights of it. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah it just shows, look, even even to now, Adolf Hitler wouldn't be alive now. He wouldn't, because if he was alive, he'd be up past 100 years old. 100%. Yeah. You know, so it was alive since the first world war. The first world war was like 100 years ago. The man's dead, all right. Yeah, and also on top of that, if you look onto closely, Adolf Hitler has Jewish blood. Yeah, he was Jewish, Jewish. yeah, he has Jewish blood. So he wasn't that, he wasn't that pure blood, you know, that pure Iran, Iran, or that white blood. So not trying to sound racist for those that listen, but that's just the facts out of how it is. And that's a that's a very interesting like like concern where if you have a dictator who preaches that Aryan blood is the purest and most preferable in in Germanic society, but he the leader himself isn't pure blood. Like he's he's a Jewish like like. Come on, help help me here. It's like, how is that? Like, you know, how is that? Yeah, it, it contradicts itself. Yeah. So, but I'm not. Let's not forget, he not only went against not a, against Jews, you know, the gypsies, um, yeah. of homosexuals, yeah, um, disabled, even the disabled. Yeah, yeah. You know, to those, you know, if for someone with Down syndrome, yeah, you know, something like that, you know, like they're not safe. Um, you know, even colored. So, look, the philosophy, ideologies that he had, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty damn, man. It's like, man, it's, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not that. It's like, man, this is not, this is, this is something else, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, but look, you know, it's, you know, it's one of see, you know, like even reading one of the books of the one of the um Holocaust of um where he released he recently passed Eddie Jaku. Yeah. I read his book, The Happiest Man on Earth, and to see what he went through and, you know, and still have that number on his arm. When you Holocaust survivors, they have the number on their arm. A tattooed, yeah. It's tattooed, you know, it's like they don't call by name, they'll call by a number. Number. And it's just real depressing. But for him to go live through that, um, it's amazing that he lived to 100 years old or so. And, of course, he passed away, I think, last year. 
But also on top of that, there are those in Germany that believe that the Holocaust wasn't real. And it's, 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 um, it's sad that they think like that because the numbers on the arm prove it. The photos on the, the photos that were taken by the U.S. soldiers prove it. I forgot who the Supreme Commander was back then in the World War II, in the European campaign. When they infiltrated these camps, he said to those that they had cameras or so, take a lot of photos because later on in life, there's going to be some bozo, some individual said that the Holocaust wasn't real. And it was shown, and it was, I think, the Iranian president even stated it, that the Holocaust wasn't wasn't real. It's like, man, that's that's something else. That's like, bull- bro, How can you say that? Yeah, and on top of that as well, when I was sharing this to another friend of mine, what the Israeli people have gone through, or the Jewish people, you know, of course, 400 years of bondage in Egypt. And then, of course, you had change of the guard of the, over the Babylonians, and of course, with the Persians, and then, of course, during the Roman Empire. And then, then going through the, you know, being, you know, taken over by civilization after civilization. And on top of that, World War II. And on top of that, you know, <clears throat> the Holocaust. And on top of that, you know, the Munich, the Munich, uh, the Munich, um, you know, killings during the Olympics, or you know, many other things where Israel been caught up in the Six Day War, you know, the Yom Kippur War, all these things, and you know, look to those they may be listening, you may be a supporter of Palestine, and look, that's all, all right, that's your view. That's your view, man. Yeah. That's your view, but there are some that support Israel, you know, and you got to be in a way besides to restore in regards to it. But look for this. Burns content, of course, means where does this go with regard to Fiji, everyday Fijians? Well, first of all, you know, we've had many Fijians that have gone down to the Middle East. Yeah. You know, the peace, you know, the UN, United Nations. I had my uncle go to Lebanon. I've had family members go to Syria, to the Golden Heights. And I've had family that, you know, they went to Israel. I've had people that have been to the Promised Land. I mean, you know, I've been to you know, Bethlehem, Jerusalem. I've had, you know, my uncles or aunts or so they've gone there. You know, in a way to, you know, of course, maintain the peace, because that's where the word peacekeeper comes from, but also the interaction amongst the Jewish community. So it's something else when you think of it. You know, of course, there have been those amongst, you know, amongst the Fiji community where they say, you know, Fiji is one of the lost tribes of Israel. Or when they say Fiji is the acronym is Fiji is Jewish island. It may look, it may sound legit or so, but, you know, everyone has their views. Everyone has their thoughts. But once again, it just shows back to the original question about, of course, with the Israelis and so, they've gone through a lot. You know, they've gone through a lot. And and on top of that as well, you know, people may blame the Jews. So, look, putting this one in an entertainment perspective, for us in our generation in the 90s, Power Rangers was a big thing. <laughs> Power Rangers was created by a Jew. You know, the Cyber Entertainment. So, and good old Seinfeld. Any Seinfeld fans out there, you know, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry, Elaine, Kramer, George Costanza. Yeah. Th- those actors' names, you know, but yeah, that is what it is, you know. So, look, that's uh, a big question itself, but I hope they answered in the best way possible. No, it's very valid points there because, um, you know, it's it's very... You can't pinpoint it. You, you can't put it to a specific answer. You, you, you got to accommodate for, you know, all the various answers that are out there and, and you have to accommodate your 
your understanding and your and your opinions to to fit everyone else's and and that's that's very noble of you um like uh of course moving on to uh like book and like any books and films that you that you've watched recently that maybe reflects your your sentiment like your 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 previously asserted sentiments or like um you know is there is there any books that you've read or any films that you've read that 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 highlights your your current like um your political views or or your your personal views is, is there anything like something that you really reflect strongly on is there a film or a book that you've read that, that... oh man i can there's many films and many books yeah but for me i like historical films yeah and for books that are you know that are based on you know on events that occurred here in the world or yeah. based on athletes so look when it comes to films you know of course what's up there at the top is shinra's list oh um, shinra's list you know it's uh it's pretty you know, it's a pretty depressing film. Like, put it this way, it was so depressing that Steven Spielberg got depressed by it because you're showcasing what occurred. And I believe that he had to be cheered up by, I think, by, I think it was Jim Carrey, what, Robin Williams, or one of the funny guys, because it's a, it's, it's a true story, but it's so depressing how, yeah. you know, how people were led, you know, in those camps, you know, Times showing the graphic nature of it, being in those gas chambers, not on top of that as well, you know, being shot at point blank, but on top of that as well, um, how Schindler, Oscar Schindler, he yes. tried his best to save as much as he can, and yeah, you know, yeah. and there's a tomb, I believe it was a tomb, I don't know where he got buried, where you know, it was you know, it's a nice tomb, and it's a way to, and not only just a tomb, but a more of what he did. Of what he tried to do by saving the Jewish people as much as he could, but on on top of that as well, um, the movie Selma, with um, oh, I forgot the actor's name. He's got an African name, I think, Okoye or someone, where he portrayed Martin Luther King. Yeah. And the re- the movie Selma is behind, of course, Selma, I think, in Alabama also. And of course, that's that famous song sung by John Legend, and Common. Yeah. You know, with those, you know. Where there's one particular line where you need the wisdom of the elders, but the strength of the young people, and mm. you cannot apply that, you know, just in that movie, but apply it in, you know, when it comes to movements. Now, when I mean movements, movements in a way that unite people, not in a way trying to divide people, you know, like when Nelson Mandela being in Robben Island for 26 years, yeah. and it caused the people to unite. You know, of course, there was the wisdom of the elders, but there was the strength of the young people to try and make sure that the Mandela got freed, and he did. And, you know, that's where another movie, Invictus. Now, we all love our rugby. All Fijians love our rugby. Oh, yeah. And, of course, that movie, Invictus, portrays the 1995 Rugby World Cup. But, unfortunately, Fiji did not qualify for that World Cup because we lost to Tonga. Tonga in the qualifications. We lost, I think it was 24-18. And, um, no, sorry, I think that we lost to Japan. But either way, we lost to, to Tonga, and I think Japan is when we failed to qualify for the Rugby World Cup in 1995. But redeemed ourselves since '99, and we haven't missed one since '95. Oh yeah. So that's another one as well. Books. Look, there's many books that I've read, of course, on Martin Luther King. Uh, one, one that I really loved, and it was probably one of the first books I read post high school, 
Because, of course, when you're in high school, you've got to read books. Of course, when it comes to English, you've got to read a novel based on the topic. So, like, for example, Fahrenheit 451. If anyone has heard of that book, it's based on the book where in the future, books are burned. Books yeah. are burned because I think it's a sign of cider now. The author of that, I think, was based on heresy or something like that. They call it, I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> books had to be burned. But post high school, the first full book I read was Pele. Pele, one of the you know one of the greatest soccer players, my yeah. view, and once again is my view. I believe Pele is better than Maradona. Yes, I said it. Pele is better than Maradona. Why? Because he was not any good on the field, but off the field, the, I don't see much scandals involving Pele. Unfortunately, Maradona, there was a lot of scandals involving him with drugs and alcohol and so on and so forth. But yeah. Pele had he maintained that good character. And unfortunately, during the time of this podcast, he's not feeling, I think he's not well. I think he's in palliative care. Um, but, you know, he's reached the age at 82 that um, many may say he's lived a good life. And not on top of that, yeah. I believe he's the GOAT of soccer. Yes, they said Messi because he's won the World Cup. But in my view, it'll always be Pele. Yeah. And I just thought I'll say that, even though he may not have the same amount of trophies of Messi, but what Pele what Pele did for not only just Brazil, but for soccer, it sort of in a way show, you know, put Brazil on the stage where Brazil, of course, are the entertainers when it comes to football. The things they do with the ball is it's like what what Fiji does in rugby sevens. It's like, nah, this cannot be. This is un, this is not natural. You know, it's like this is freakish talent. So um, yeah, that's I thought um, when it comes to books and films. But um, yeah, that's that's what I'm into when it comes to that. And of course, um, Netflix. Um, I like the documentaries where it's based on sports. So just recently, for those that are listening, I just finished on the documentary of uh, Last Chance Hugh. Uh, involves some school basketball school basketball team in East LA, uh, I think the East LA Huskies. So basically, it's a college where if you cannot make it to Div- Division One, um, it's sort of an avenue, like in you know, a way to try and get into a Div- Division One school. And if they do, they you know that's awesome. But if they don't, then you know it's uh, it's going to be a hard hard um, turnaround for them. But yeah. That's that in when it comes to film and books, but you know, in regard to that, as you asked, Ryan, my advice to those that are listening, you know, look, even if you finished high school, read a book. Now, it may not be the genre that I may like, you may have something else, but read something that may, in a way, equip you or educate you. Like for those that want to buy property, yeah. 100% is the book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, one of the best books, one of the best books in my view in regards to how to accumulate and how to save money. You see, like, at times we live in a generation where, you know, fast food, fast money, you know, everything has to be fast, fast internet, fast cars. Yeah, yeah. But like we've reached that poor dad, in a way it teaches you how to save. In a way it teaches you how you can be rich by the way you save your money. I'm paraphrasing the way. Like, for example, um, the author, I think, uh, I don't know, say his name wrongly where there's a person with a million dollars and there's a person with a hundred thousand dollars now the person you know the person that has a hundred thousand dollars where you know his expenses may be a thousand dollars a month you know he, he may save a few 
he may save a few quid. So, so, but if it was a person with a million dollars and his expenses was a hundred thousand a month, question is who who would run at the money of the most? It's the person with the high expenses. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. in a way, it shows us how we're going to be wise with how we use the money. Now, I'm going to say this as Fijians look, we love to give. Of course, when it comes to soli, yes, you know, soli naila, where soli sal, soli, soli, soli. But at times we have to think about ourselves. Now, I don't mean it in a greedy way. I don't mean it in a self-centered way. You know, well, I mean in the way of about you know making sure that you have enough for yourself or your family. Because at times we give so much to others, then we forget about our household. And at times when we're trying to forget about that, it leads to certain things like you know depression, you know fights within the family. Um, you, you know, look, you may think I'm wrong or so, but. You know, look, I've seen this not just firsthand, but I've seen this amongst other families where it ends up in separation. So because of money, because if we don't, in a way, be wise with the finances that we have, because we just give, 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 then it can lead to disastrous consequences. So like for me over the years, Ryan, I've seen that family, Fijian families are becoming more wise over their finances. They're becoming more wise in how to spend or how to save. Yeah. See, like I'm starting to see Fijians starting to buy property, and yeah. that's a good thing. Shout out to Pati Namakandre, who know in regards to teaching me about property. You know, it's all about Fijians, you know, breaking a stereotype that you know Fijians are not just born to rent. Now, mm-hmm. even before teaching me about property, if you already bought a property before those things or other programs came in, you know, that's awesome. You said a good example, but for those that are still in that sort of market trying to buy a property, never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Just hold on. Just, you know, have that sort of faith or trust that knowing, look, if I just do my part, if I just do my part in when it comes to saving up, then, you know, something good will happen. It's all about being patient as well. And, of course, when it comes to money, it can be difficult at times, especially if you've got a big family or you've got the expenses that need to be repairs to your home back in the corner, yeah? back in home or back in Fiji. Yeah, back if your residence there where it needs this and that. Um, but look, you know, just in a way, just like really just trust, um, be wise with your finances and just go on from there because it will happen, but it just takes time and it just takes patience. Of course, there are so many, you know, programs or so, you know, in order to make money, like I remember back in the 90s, you know, in order to make money, you had to sell products or the pyramid scheme. Yeah, you know, the pyramid scheme where you inform one person, they inform them, it just grows, grows, grows. But at times it may work, but at times it may not work. Or the classic Tupperware parties. Yeah, I've been involved. My mom was involved in Tupperware parties and so on yeah. and so forth. People making money, but look, it's all different. But to those that maybe even if you're listening right now, and you're a young person, read books on finance. Read books on how to save. Read books yeah. on you know how to. You know, make the money not you work for your money, but the money work for you. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> so yeah. I thought I'll expand on that in regards to that as well. Like, for example, in one podcast, Village to the World, which involved Philip Samuels and Billy Q, where they interviewed one of the Fijians working in a top firm, an economic firm, I believe, a county firm, you know, showing that, you know, Fijians, of course, the stereotype is, oh, we're just laid back. Yeah. Um, you know, we're just, you know, real laid back in there. But not all Fijians are so laid back. You know, at times, we, you know, if we put our mindset to it, you know, we can make we can make things happen. 
But at the end of the day, it's all about down to the individual, down to those that may listen, down to those that may choose to work hard. And, um, and it, call, it just comes down to the individual. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. And you can carry that to your everyday life. And I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do, Kaz, where it's, you, you follow certain tenets that you implement in your everyday life. No, no, not just as a as a as a long term goal, but as a as a you know as as you know in your everyday life. So uh, I was wondering, what sort of like like what do you do every day? Like what what sort of like chores or like what sort of like mentalities do you implement every day that sort of make your make you live by it? You know, make you secure the day, make you, you know, achieve victory in your day. Well, of course, when you mention achieve victory, first of all, for me, is, you know, you give thanks. When I mean give thanks, give thanks to the Lord. Yep. You pray, you know, read your Bible, you know, B-I-B-L-E, the best instructions before leaving earth. But when it comes to mentality, that's from a Christian perspective or, you know, yeah. from a crime, you know, from a religious perspective. But in general... Um, I go by this saying, you know, the Fijian, in Fijians, you know, like a, like a cocoa, when English work hard, yeah, you know, work, you know, work hard, you know, just keep on working. And that's the mentality I have for me, you know, especially after working 11 years in the meat factory, but now doing career driving, it gives me that mentality to do my deliveries as best as I can. Yeah. But also having that, um, having that attitude, it's positive, having an attitude that is the right mindset. We've got expenses there, but just focusing on working hard. Shout out to those that may be, you know, helping your children, paying your school, helping you, you know, working because you're paying school fees, whether it be private or public, you know, working because you want to put food on the table for your kids. Yeah. And if you're a single mother or single father, look, I just want to acknowledge you right now. Keep on working. Keep on working. Just keep on doing your parts. If you're, you know, if you're part of the you know, church or so, or, you know, you, you believe in the Lord, you know, just put your trust in him because nothing's impossible when you believe. And on top of that as well, you know, that's the mindset that I keep. Like, and, you know, like on top of that, like when it comes to that mentality, set goals, set goals. When I mean goals, like put on a piece of paper, whether it be daily, monthly or yearly. Set goals, what you want to achieve, and aim for that goal. You know, because when you aim for something, you know, you 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 want you'll be more eager to try and achieve it, and try and excel in it. So, that's the main thing when it comes to that, to have a strong mentality, work hard, like like a coco. Yep. Um, you know, give thanks, and uh, yeah, that's about it. And also on top of that, never give up. Yeah. Never give up. You know, like. For us, most Fijians, we see when the Fiji Sevens team play, we always cheer for them. We always cheer them for do their best. And you see that mentality of never giving up, of always working alongside their teammates. Yeah. And that's what we should do as Fijians, to never give up and just keep on keeping on. Just keep on keeping on. Hell yeah. That is a, a definitely good advice, because where um, even when, you know, <coughs> the chips are low, mm. you're in your lowest moment. Um, just keep pushing through, you know, it's, it's, it's a good, 
good piece of advice that you've offered where, you know, like for us Fijians, no matter what, you just keep fighting through because, you know, no matter what, no matter what it is, you will get over it and you will fight through. And, you know, tomorrow is always the, the tomorrow is, is the following day where a new battle or, you know, a new challenge awaits you. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I just want to talk about what sort of, what sort of life hacks do you, what sort of life hacks do you exercise into your life that makes your life just that bit tad bearable that your audience can sort of follow on as well and, and incorporate into their lives? Okay, life hacks. When I think of that, um, could be any. Could I be think any. of um, I think of the Fiji history page on Instagram. Yeah. So I try my best to post as much as I can, whether it be from the past, present, or future. And I try my best to show it forth on the page. Of course, the things I may post may not be everyone's cup of tea. And of course, I, you know, I face the, uh, you know, a few words of criticism in regards to, but in the end of the day, you, if you're trying to make everyone happy, you're setting yourself up for failure. And when you look at history, history is a broad subject where everyone has their perspective and everyone has their view. Another life hack I do is why I walk. I walk. I Where do you walk? Where do you walk? <laughs> no, I don't walk to KFC or McDonald's. <laughs> I just. <laughs> are you sure? John Cena says, "Are you sure about that, mate?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I just look. I just walk. You know, I just walk around. Yep. I just walk. As you know, I always set an aim to do six, six to ten thousand steps a day. Uh, and what? Huh? Uh, oh no no continue on continue on. Six to ten thousand steps a day, and yeah. through an app called Pacer, it keeps me in track. Uh, the keeps me track on how you know where I'm at, and also has virtual challenges as well. Whether it be doing twenty one kilometers of London to doing two hundred kilometers of Dubai, in a way it keeps me in track to do those things. So, and on top of that as well, you gotta have a good attitude. You know, one time when I was doing Uber driving. Unfortunately, there was one driver that really discouraged me and really, really um, criticized of the way of um, my navigation skills. Now, of course, you know we can't do the Fijian way of you know stopping over and then giving them a two, uh, two right hooks in an uppercut because <laughs> that's the way it should be. Because it'll cost you your job as an Uber driver. But yeah. I just took it in. But then the next driver I had was uh, was very encouraging and said, you know, you know what, mate. Oh, he was an American. He had in his American accent. He said, "You know what? You know what, man? You know your mind's got to be like an ATM. You know you you withdraw the negatives, but you deposit the positives." And it's like, man, I think bro, I'm gonna take that, bro. And that's, thank you so much for lifting me up. Because shout out to any Uber driver, any Fijian Uber driver, you may have had the same thing. Yeah. Um. You know that's that's what I do, man. Just keeping a positive mindset and withdraw the negatives. Deposit the positives. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, is there anything in, like, what constitutes uh, since you know you, you live a very hectic lifestyle? Because obviously, like you, you must have time to incorporate somewhat of a, uh, of a healthy lifestyle as well. What does what does healthy lifestyle mean to you? Because like, does it mean like? you know, um, less stress or, or healthy eating, or does it mean just, just living life to how you want it? What, what does a healthy life mean? A healthy lifestyle mean to you? Could you just 
Yeah, well, before, yeah, now that's a question, Ryan. See, before, I used to, like, any little thing, I used to stress over it. And, like, as I've grown older, I realized, you know, you can't stress over everything. Yeah. You know, life is going to be your ups and downs. You're going to have your highways, your byways. You're going to have your valleys and you name it. But you can't stress too much. And especially if you stress too much, it's going to affect your eating. And then when it affects, when it affects your eating, then it's going to affect your health. And then from there, you know, boom. Like for us, you know, for me, I go to church, you know. And for church, you know, when it comes to church, one thing we church people like is food. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, we got our second church is at the KFC, McDonald's. Um, here in Australia, we have a thing called Aljana in New South Wales. <laughs> uh, fish and chips, you name it. Yeah, but in on top of that. Yeah, and when we do that, it affects us. And unfortunately, I've seen many pastors that have passed on. Why? Because they didn't look after themselves physically. Yeah. As much as we focus so much on the spiritual side of things when it comes to church, sometimes we neglect the physical part of it. And I'm speaking to myself as well. And for me, I've in a way tried to, to not try to, um, you know, aiming by cutting down on those sort of things because. You know, we can't be like that all the time. And then we, and then, you know, we, you know, as much as we want to fulfill on the spiritual side of things, but then we neglect on the physical side. Yeah. So, in a way, you know, in a way I'm trying to aim in by, aiming more by balancing it, by looking after myself, not just in the spiritual, but also in the physical side of things. So eating right, eating healthy, doing a lot of walking, walking in a way to help and yeah. Yeah, no, that's good, cause that's good, cause it, it seems like you you have a a handle on on a lot of aspects of life where you're living it to your fullest, but also to your healthiest as well. Um, I also I just wanted to ask you about like what is it that makes you stay motivated to live your best life? I understand that there are some, you know, there may be some things that bring our audiences. You know, uh, like like they may be experiencing some things that maybe that might bring their motivation down or their morale down. What I just wanted to ask you: What sort of things do you do that to like things that you implement to stay motivated, to stay positive, to just to keep your morale in there just a little bit longer, just so you can make it through the day? Okay, one word: vision. Vision. Yeah. See, it says in the word of the Lord, you know, without vision, the people perish. Yeah. Yeah. And see, you got to have vision in, you know, in your life. See, just as you mentioned, you know, I'm living a healthy life. Well, I still got a long way to go, first of all. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, of course, what gave me, you know, look, what made me gain a lot of weight was not only just when my mom passed or my grandma passed back in 2016, but I was heartbreak. I was heartbreak because, you know, look, you know, of course, when you're attracted to the opposite gender, you know, and you don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. And then, then when you go through that stage where, you know, you go through that stage where you realize that that person loves someone else who already interacted and you didn't know it and you find out, it's sort of like, oh, wow. And you feel that sort of, not that sort of break in your heart, it's sort of that that fracture so 
But in a way, I'm still trying, you know, I thank the Lord that I'm still here, I'm still alive, but still got to maintain that sort of um, healthy way. And look, shout out to all those that may be, you know, pursuing that, you know, that aim to live healthier or to, you know, have a better lifestyle. Because, of course, once again, as I mentioned, first features, we love our food. But if we're on the stage of trying to make our life, you know, ourselves physically, you know, healthy again, then if you're on that path, then you're good. You know, that's a, that's awesome. You know, one another way. So just keep on that. But back to this question is vision. Because vision, without the people pressure, but vision helps you to develop goals. Vision yeah. helps you to develop a plan to try and become successful in some way. Like for, for example, yeah. from a financial perspective, we may be owing some money to the bank. You know, and I mean that maybe a loan, maybe credit card, personal loan, home loan. So you set a vision, okay, you want to make sure you want to reach that goal, that vision is to aim for decreasing by your debt by 20 or 10 or 15 percent whatever the whatever the number is so you set forth a vision there and then by achieving that vision you write down goals or you write down the plan or a budget plan to reach that goal you know know, achieving that vision not just from a financial perspective it can be from a church perspective it can be a perspective where you know um increasing your self-development increasing your you know, your your capacity in knowledge or learning the language or anything. It's all about vision. If you have vision, if you have a vision or goal you want to achieve, then look, anything's possible. But in order to achieve the vision, you got to write down plans and goals. You know, to those that I want to be in the army, look, you shared with Ryan, you know, hear what he had to go through training that. And we're going to go probably in more depth in regards to that probably next year when we resume the Everyday Fijians podcast. But that's the one word I'll probably sum up is the word vision. Yeah, vision, 100%. Um, and, of course, without vision, you also lose your sense of direction. So it's always important to have vision, to understand where you're going, to understand, you know, like, look, I'm going to pull a random quote from Denzel Washington, <laughs> my dad looked like, but dreams, are, you know, without goals are just dreams. So you hmm. need where you're going you need to have vision so it's very important that your audience understands that you can have the vision but without the certain goals without knowing how to achieve it knowing how to get there it's just going to be dreams at the end of the day you know so it's always um, important just to have vision have goals and have and also you know just researching where to go um like I understand because you, you probably read uh, a lot and I, I know I do as well, but you probably read more than I do. <laughs> what, you know, being, being the nerd that you are, oh, here we go. what's, what's one quote from a book that you've read that you found most in, inspirational, most, um, I guess you've inputted into your life to, to, to be the way you are today and that you can share with your, with your audience to, to also put into their lives. Is there a specific quote or, or something you've read where you've taken it on board and, and maybe you've become, you know, just a, a little bit better based on that, based on the book you've read? Oh man, there's, um, there's many quotes. There's, uh, man, there's so much that I can't quote them all. I'm, yeah. Anyway, it's not just quote them all, I may misquote them all. But, <laughs> um, you know, out of all of them, out of all books I've read, whether it be from history or whether it be self development, 
whether it be from a you know, church perspective or so. What I get out of most of them is these three words, never give up. Yeah. Never give up. And as Fijians, and I'm saying this, you know, we must not give up. Yeah. Whether it be full Fijian, half Fijian, quarter Fijian, if you have an ounce of Fijian in you, never give up. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. Keep on. Show forth that Fijian, Fijian attitude. Show forth that Fijian way. You know, show forth that, you know, we're more than just rugby players. What can be done on the rugby field can be done in the working field. What yeah. can be done in the working field can also be done in the in the academic field. What can be done in the academic field can be also done in the field of medicine. What can be done in the field of medicine can be also done in the field of theatre. Is that never give up attitude and showing forth, hey, we may be small, but we're making the largest waves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, in saying that, I'm, I'm going to share with the audience, um, if it's all right with you, because I'm going to right. share what my sergeant said to me. Um, uh, if you give up, you're dead. If you give up, you are nothing more than a corpse. If you give up, um, there is no point. Continue on with the mission. So, um, in, like, in addition to what you said, Cuz, never give up. But if you give up, you're probably already dead. You're, you're, you're already dead. You've, you've already, you know, you've... <laughs> You're, you're no use to the mission anymore, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, it's there, there's no point going on forward. So if you if you don't give up, that's you know just keep pushing, keep for you know keep fighting for what you're what you want to achieve, what what you want to be, um, and and never never take any negative criticism that people have for you. Never take that on board because you know that. They're just trying to delay your your success. So uh, yeah, because I mean, you know, it's very good on what yeah what you have to say. Never give up. Um, like what what is your most earliest memory, because of of Fiji? I, I wanted to moving on to a, a more lighter tone. What's your most earliest memory? Like I remember, like it wasn't that long ago you went to Fiji and you, and you had like it was more of a holiday for you rather than a. Uh, like again in touch with your <laughs> Fiji heritage as well. Like I'm just gonna chillax here. I'm just gonna chillax here, folks. So, uh, like, what was your most earliest memory? What did you do? How did you feel? Share with share with the audience. All right, my earliest memory of Fiji is going in 1996. Ooh. So prior to that, I had another two trips. Yeah, and, but the one, that, but I was a baby, so I didn't remember much. Yeah, but. Oh, well, sort of in 93, I think, or 94, where I took one of the cleaners' plate of pancakes at USP because I thought they were serving pancakes in the toilet. But then later on, my mom told me, no, you stole the, you stole the cleaning lady's breakfast. Yeah. Shout out to the breakfast. <laughs> would do shout that. Shout out to the janitor who's going to the USP. the clean lady. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but prior to that, mom. But after that, of course, 96, yeah. um, going to Fiji for six weeks. It was a pretty long holiday. Um, it didn't start off well because I ate so much peanuts on the plane on Air Pacific that I ended up vomiting on my uncle's chino pants. <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't good for him because I actually damaged it. So, Because what, I, what happened was is that I was sitting up and I wanted to look outside the window because I was in the aisle seat. 
Yeah. I was in the aisle seat, and he was. I wanted to keep looking outside the window, but I kept turning around. And by me turning around and eating peanuts at the same time, it made me nauseous. And then the end result of that, I ended up vomiting my uncle's pants. But on top of that as well, spent six weeks in Fiji. Um, you know, stayed in Raiwanga and Derek Street, my grandma. Um, hanging around with the kids, playing around with the kids, going to see family, going to my father's and mother's village in Bow Island, um, seeing the family. So it was that sort of way of being introduced to Fiji, the Fijian way. Yeah. Fijian culture, Fijian, so and so. But I wasn't accustomed to the Fijian food. I was more into noodles, eating noodles, having fish and chips, but my fish had bones in them. And oh, this was so this is so this is something else. So my next trip to Fiji will not until be two thousand eight. Two thousand eight will be my next trip. So it'll be twelve years later that I'll go to Fiji again. But in a way it was like six weeks getting used to it all over again, but getting touch more on my father's side. So from that time, 96 till probably I was seven, I was more close to my mother's side. But in no way, there was sort of an opening for me to get in touch with my father's side. And to me, that was sort of my, that was sort of the, probably the turning point yeah. when it came to family, that not only to love my mother's side of the family, but my father's side. So it was good in a way to acknowledge both, and it was just an opener, eye opener for me. And that's where my love for history came to be evolved more. Of course, in 2006, I did an assignment on Fijian history or Fijian mythology, but then it fell, I fell into a deeper love for when I went to the Fiji Museum in in 2009, and I just I bought a whole stack of books. Right, when I'm in a whole stack, I bought like ten books. Wow. 10 books and I think I read I read five of them in Fiji and the rest when I came back so it's just that real deep love of getting in touch with with Fijian history yeah not just culture in general but the history of Fiji you know from the writings of Ratu Salala Sukuna to to you know the writings of other authors that showed forth the history you know the history of Fiji from its times during the Methodist missions um to its time of pre you know pre-colonialism so it was, it was a unique in a way. And then also on top of that, as the years have gone by, there's free free textbooks or free um, books at the Australian National University's library where you can just download in PDF, PDF format on PDF format on uh, regards to Fijian history. So, yeah. And how has Fijian history, um, like, how has Fijian history influenced your decision to create um, an Instagram and, and, and a Facebook group, um, a Facebook group page where it's just promoting Fijian history. Like uh, talk us through day one, week one, how you created a f- like both an Instagram and a Facebook page based on Fijian history. Um, the reason, yeah, that's, that's a good question, Ken. The reason I made that was basically to attract the younger audience. Yep. Yep. to attract the younger audience in some way or some capacity. Why is that? Why did you want to grab a younger audience? So they can know where they're from. Yeah. You know, their history. Yeah. See, Fijians here in Australia, you know, you see, they may not know where they come from. Yeah. You know, they're Koro, they're Matangali, they're Abusa, you know, they're Tokotoka, they're Sana, wherever the case may be. And I brought that in a way to try and sort of you know, jumpstart their love for history or Fijian history. And 
look and acknowledging the Fiji Museum, the National Archives of Fiji, other sources involving Fijian history, uh, Dr. T, uh, Dr. T, um, Dr. T. Wunindilo, yeah. um, you know, those people that try to make, you know, promote Fijian history in a way. And for me, it started on December 7th or December 9th, 2013. And for me to do that, to see how far it's come now, it's amazing. Like, well, I'm hopefully by the end of this year, Fiji history will be on Instagram will be 80,000. Yeah. Probably coming at around 26,000. So combined total of over 106,000 followers. Wow. People, no, 110. Because 32,000 people follow the Fiji history page on Facebook. Yeah. And then you've got approaching 80. So around 112,000 followers. But in a way, in a way, Ryan, I stay, I try, I stay humble. Yeah. I try to stay humble. I don't get big headed. Because at the end of the day, this is not me to promote me, this is to promote Fiji. Yeah. And to promote those that non-Fijian to showcase the Fijian history, but also for the younger generation to know the beginnings, to know where their parents come from, especially when it comes to the Fijian vernacular, learning on the Wasawagaviti, learning yeah. the Baun dialect, whether it be in the Western dialect, the Nandi, you know, the Western dialect, Nandi dialect, Nandro dialect, you know, the Mbua dialect, you know, dialect in Cerro, whatever the case may be. So they know, because one thing I read, it was the short history of the 20th century. <clears throat> and when it came to the linguistic part of things, of languages, they show by the end of the 20th century, a lot of English, I think a lot of, half of, half of the languages so became extinct. Why it became extinct? Because it wasn't taught down. Yeah. It wasn't taught. Yeah. And that's why I bring forth the page. But of course, with the page I've seen, the more the followers, the more the critics. And I can't do much about it. You know, it's all about having thick skin and not to be personally, you know, offended by it, you know, because that's history. You know, with history, Ryan, everyone has their views. Everyone has their views. For yeah. example, man landing on the moon. Some say we landed on the moon. Some say we didn't land on the moon. We'll never know. You know, for example, Christopher Columbus. Some say he was a hero. Some say he was a villain. Captain James Cook. Some say he was a hero. Some say he's going to. History has both sides, and you can't argue much about it. So, you know, it is what is for yourself, you know, being Japanese. Of course, you know, when you mention Pearl Harbor or when you mention Hiroshima and Nagasaki, you know, but, you know, some are, some are angry about it, some are happy about it. And so yeah. that's history, man. I want, since you, you know, you're talking about how, like, uh, Fijian culture very important, very important for um, you know, uh, if, <clears throat> whether it be quarter Fijian, half Fijian, full Fijian, born in Australia. How how important it is for them to stick to their Fijian roots. I just wanted to to, to ask you: Is there a a cultural shock that you might find between you know an Australian national? live like when you went to Fiji what was there a, like a cultural shock that 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 made you went you know made you take a step back um from you know from you know from like in in concern or in awe uh, was there any like a you know something that you you found a bit odd in in the Fijian culture that made you you know question it a bit not really Ken um I mean not really Ryan because yeah. I was born and raised in the Fijian, you know, born in even born in Sydney, Australia. Yeah. Right. But I was raised in the Fijian household. 
And it wasn't that much of a culture shock because when I went back after 12 years, it was sort of getting that familiarity fam, fami, familiarity with, of course, not just family, but of course, yeah. the scene, you know, the atmosphere of being in Fiji. Yeah. And, you know, being amongst family. And so um, it wasn't more of a shock, but it was more of a rejuvenation, more of a resurrection. Yeah. I'm getting to know my family and so on and so forth and hearing their stories and hearing where, you know, how far they've come yeah. or where they are right now. See, like when I went to over years ago, of course, I was all around my age, 19 or so. Fast forward now to 2022, most of them are now parents. Yeah. Uh, their parents, they've got kids. You know, I'm blessed to have nieces and nephews. Yeah. Look, I may not have been that, I may not have a title of a father. But I can have a title of a fun and loving uncle, hopefully. You know, shout out to, of course, our nieces and nephews, you know, Ruben, Jesse, you yeah. know, Lucy, Saramaya. Uh, yeah. Um, what's the other girl's name? Lala. Lala. Um, you know, Angel. Yeah. So all those family, you know, to be a part of North in America, Seychelles, Quadri and um and Israel. So it's it's something else, you know. So it's it's in a way that I've grown and also in a way try to develop and also in a way be thankful for I'm in Australia, right? Yeah. See, we have good jobs. We get good money. Yeah. See, the yeah. minimum wage in Fiji is around, I think, $3. Where here, it's like $17. $17. Mm. It, uh, like, because um, you, you mentioned that, uh, like, historical figures that you would want to meet um, uh, previously, uh towards the, the, the beginning of the interview, is there someone current that you want to, like, that you'd want to meet, that you'd want to discuss Fijian culture with, like, like, like connect with, and just, you know, maybe spend a few minutes just to have a conversation with? Is there someone, uh, a current celebrity that you'd want to interview that maybe, you know, that your your audience would find interesting as well? Okay, from from a historical cultural view, of course, Dr. Ver. Dr. Bunindila or Dr. T. Yep. That's a lady from a sporting one. Yep. Will be Peter Rodivinoveva. Yep. Rugby league legend. Yep. You know, to play for the Maroons, play for Australia, play for Fiji. And from a political perspective, it's none other than Rambuka. Mm-hmm. I yep. want to speak to Rambuka. Really? Not only just on the basis of 1987, but yep. for him to, you know, for him from being, you know, in some person's eyes a tyrant or dictator to yep. now, before, of course, being person that has led Fiji to. You know, what's he in now? 1987. So 35 years later, he's in power again after 35 years, you know. Um, probably less than that, but many years later to be back in politics and now leading the country all over again. So those are three people I'll speak to. Why? Is that th- Did I say three? Uh, just one. Uh, yeah, but but yeah, three if, you, if you'd like, yeah. No, sorry, so, so Rambuka, Dr. Tina, three. Yeah, those okay. three people and those three different agendas... Is because they have a history and they have a story to share. Yeah, and if it was present in the in the present that may have not much history, yeah, but what is her vision and goal is Linda Tabuya. She's mm. another political candidate of the People's Alliance. So those are people I want to speak to, speak to, where I can gain insight or you know, hear their story. Yep, yep. Oh, what what was her significance, by the way? Uh, the the last individual you named, Linda Tabuya. She's she's a politician. Yeah. And, you know, she's very outspoken. Yeah. She yeah. has her policies and her views on how to shape Fiji, be, make Fiji a better country. Yeah. But I, I really want to see what's her vision because she's still a young young lady. 
Okay. And you know, hoping to hear what she's um want to share something else. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I can see oh man, I love to talk more, Ken, but I think my phone's running out, man. Yeah, no, nah, I do I think we'll we'll cut it short soon, mate. But but like <laughs> yeah, uh, is you've mentioned some key figures that I'm sure would, would love to be on your show and, and would love to partake in it <coughs> with you, cuz. So, uh, yeah, look, well, I think we'll cut it there, but like, um, I appreciate, you know, your, your input. Thanks for, you know, uh, you know, helping me with my interview skills and trying to, um, you know, answer my questions as, as best as you can, but look, uh, good effort, like, you know, good answers all around, uh, like I, I really loved having a chat with you because you know you were able to have a very intellectual conversation as well, um, as well as you know have some fun with it. So I do appreciate it, cause uh, you know, um, you know, you 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 know, you look after yourself, man. You know, you, you have fun with it, uh, and I appreciate it. And you know, I, I hope your your audience takes something away from this as well, and that they're they're able to reach out, you know, with no problems. So uh, thank you again, cuz. No worries. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, of course, you've heard from Ryan Marra. You know, he was his turn to sort of host me or give me some questions. And look, I hope that what he what he has asked and what I've answered in a way has been beneficial for you. And in a way, shown forth that as a host as well, that I do have my, I do have things that I like. I do things that I like watching and so on and so yep. forth. And um, there you go. So that's a wrap for 2022. And looking forward to seeing you in 2023. So once again, for all those that have listened to all guests throughout the year and to everyone else, happy news. Of course, Christmas has passed. If you, you know, belated Merry Christmas and a Boxing Day or so. Yeah, but not- uh, <laughs> so once again, Philip Agency is guys in 2023. Happy New Year. See you next year, cuz. <laughs> <laughs>